Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the 12 cast. This is Jake Kirshner, host of the 12 cast, co-author of Just 12. Good to check in with you today. Uh, I, I just got to let you know, I, I don't love, I really don't love the intro for the podcast. I, I don't like doing it. So if you're somebody that has an idea, you got some music that could go back there or a different way to do the intro, I want to hear from you. Seriously. Um, just want it to feel different. So, hey, today I'm going to do uh, a Q&R, uh, question and response. I got three questions I'm going to work through. We'll see how long it takes. Uh, you know, I'm just going to be uh, candid and frank with you. I There's a certain amount of, of preparation to do with um, with these questions, but there's also a certain amount of just wanting to have a conversation with you and not be super polished, not have it all down pat. Because in the future, I don't want this to just be me. I want this to also be other missional leaders that are out there. If you're a pastor, if you're a... Um, working at a, a, a non-for-profit, if you're somebody who's a leader within your industry and you're trying to find ways to incorporate just 12 beyond just your own 12, then you're probably a missional leader. And we'd love to have you be a part of this Q&R and share your perspective, share your thoughts. And so we're, we're not trying to make this a, a Q&A where we have these really clear answers. We want it to be a Q&R where there's a response and there's a little bit more of a conversational tone. So yes, I've prepared some thoughts and in, in uh, to these questions i've done some work to um to share with you but then also i've just kind of wanted to back off of that a little bit and have it feel a little bit more like it's just me having a conversation with you so hopefully that's how it goes today uh if you are somebody that wants to reach out and be a participant in that way or if you want to be somebody who gets interviewed for one of the uh everyday ordinary missionary interviews to talk about your just 12 journey. You want to be part of the round table, whatever it might be. Uh, I keep telling people to download the app and that's a great place to reach out to us, but I'm just going to also tell you just, you can just email just 12.jake at gmail.com. Um, that's another way to reach out to me. Uh, it's probably a lot quicker way. So if you want to do that, that's great. Then, then go ahead and do that. And we'll, uh, we'll be in contact that way. So let's jump right in to some of these questions. So this first question uh, has to do with deficiencies. Uh, episode one, I talked about the deficiencies of the church. And so somebody asked, all right, well, Jake, what about the deficiencies created by Just 12? If somebody implements Just 12 in their church or somebody implements Just 12 uh, in their everyday life, isn't there going to be deficiencies created by Just 12 when it comes to the church? I'm not talking about program churches. I'm talking about the church as a whole. Isn't this going to create other deficiencies in our faith in the way we're trying to apply our faith? And And the answer to that is, Yes, absolutely. Most likely there will be deficiencies. And I say that to say also, Just 12 is not about, it was it was created and uh, brainstormed and thought through uh, as a response to some of the deficiencies Scott and I were experiencing and seeing and observing uh, in our experience and expression of faith here in, uh, of Christianity here in America. And so it, because it's a response to a deficiency, it means it's not addressing all the other things, which means there will be deficiencies uh, that are still there or that we're even creating. Uh, so for the short answer, yes, absolutely. The long answer is, well, what deficiencies are those? I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that we could explore with this. And, and maybe I've mentioned this before, but I, I really look at I really look at ministry, our faith, our expression of faith, the way that we're going about. Um, trying to to follow Jesus in our culture, really trying to encompass three things. 
as followers of Jesus, but also as, as expressions of communities, local communities of churches trying to express it. And so it's, it's community connection, missional engagement, and personal encounter. And, and those three things, uh, you know, nobody, nobody out there is hitting, hitting the, all those things all the time. Uh, but really, it's the missional engagement one that Just 12 is a response to because, man, we're, we're really, for the past couple decades, the community connection, having places of gathering, centers of worship, centers of coming together, which in that, yeah, there's definitely missional engagement. In that, there's definitely personal, personal encounter with Jesus, but it's super focused on this gathering space. And, and really, the missional part, if you're looking at the mission that Jesus had, the missional engagement part's been really focused on the preaching, 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 learning through preaching, learning through some style of teaching and preaching. And, and so just 12 came out of this, this mindset of well, there's got to be more. There's, there's got to be ways that we are personally everyday ordinary people engaging the mission with Jesus as he has mandated us to do. As he said, hey, go and make disciples of all nations. Go be disciplers. Go be people who are discipling not excluding people, teaching to, to, to live under the rule and rescue of Jesus. And so how do we do that? Well, well, just 12 is a response to that. So are there other things that Jesus did that we don't uh, participate as much in, in our culture? Absolutely. I mean, we're not, many of us, I'm not saying all of us, but many of us aren't engaged in the healing and the miracles and the, the deliverance ministry that we see Jesus be a part of. Uh, and so that's a huge deficiency, one that we hope to address uh, but just 12 isn't the answer to that. Could it, could it be implemented? Could different things be implemented? Absolutely. And, and sometime in the future, uh, in one of our videos that we have, we would definitely want to talk about what does it look like to engage with that, especially within our 12. Uh, but that's a big deficiency. Also a big deficiency in um, addressing systemic, widespread injustices, uh, cultural injustices, that are hitting more than just individual relationships. Uh, we, we love to think and, and believe that those of us who are doing just 12, that we've reserved space in our 12 for the least lost and lonely. And in that, there's going to be people who are experiencing some level of injustice either in their life or, or it's been generational in the lives of the people around them. Uh, and, and so we want that to be the starting point of any cause or anything that you're advocating for. Uh, we definitely want to see people be advocates for those injustices, but it starts relationally and it needs to continue relationally. I think there's a fear that I have of people are going to start to engage in some missional cause of some sort, some some justice-oriented cause, and not do it through relationships and think they're making a big difference, but but really they're they're hurting the people around uh, those injustices. They think they might be helping, and and I'm not going to get into examples of what that might look like, but I. I think there is a danger with that. Um, and uh, Scott and I have had conversations about how, well, also there's an opportunity for us when we're relationally engaged, relationally connected with somebody in our 12, and we're hearing that person's story, that person's experience, the way we're going to engage with the cause, the way that we're going to run after trying to right those wrongs is going to feel completely different than if it was just something that we had signed up for at some event or somebody told us we needed to be a part of it or we have a guilty Christian conscious and moral ethic that we feel like we're responsible for. I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying I think they're better when we're doing it out of a relationship with somebody in our 12. Uh, so those are two big deficiencies. Uh, there's, there's definitely more. Um, but I would also say 
there, there's a part of us that we can easily get caught up in doing with our 12 rather than being. So we can get just 12 as this partnership we have with Jesus, um, but we can have this mentality that we're starting to do this thing for him. We're starting to do disciple making for him. And so that can cause a, a deficiency in our, um, in our faith as well. Um, you know, also I would say we're, we're just 12 isn't uh, super strong. We're a little bit light on the personal spiritual growth aspect of things. Um, what some people might call maturity or, or depth or spiritual depth or spiritual maturity. I don't love any of those terms uh, because I think the more that we engage with our mission uh, of joining Jesus and partnering with him and loving our 12, uh, our maturity is going to go up. We're going to, we're going to want to be compelled to, to, engage with Bible study more, compelled to listen to, to people's preaching, compelled to, uh, to act on those injustices, whatever those things might be. But in and of that self, it also backs us up a little bit because we're used to kind of a, a little bit more systematic, a little bit more, hey, first study your Bible, then study this chapter or study this, this verses or this, this book. Here's the things you need to know. Here's the basics. And then you can kind of move on. Um, and so that that can feel like we're light on that when it comes to just 12. But I also think, man, we, we live in a world, uh, in a culture that we're inundated by the message of personal growth, uh, uh, the message of uh, individuality. There's no shortage of resources, whether it's devotionals or online tools or whatever it be, for us to grow personally, uh, individually. Uh, and so... Yeah, are we deficient there? But maybe that's an okay thing because uh, there's so much resources out there that we're saying, "Hey, you've got your, you've got the pickings on what you want to be a part of," uh, and so we don't need to focus extra time and energy there. And if in two, three, four, five generations down the line, the problem is that we're not having personal spiritual growth, then maybe that's the conversation that happens then. But for now, I think the resources are there that we don't need to really be pushing hard on what that might look like inside of just twelve. Um, so that would, that would be a couple things that would address those deficiencies, uh, that may come up, you know, there's going to be more, uh, but I would also say this, that we need to ensure, um, we need to ensure that we're staying connected to the local church. One of the deficiencies I've already started to hear is like, well, if I'm doing just 12 and I'm connecting well with my community, do I even need to go to church? Yes, because just 12, even if you're doing it well. Uh, chances are most of us aren't doing um, just 12 with just 12 people. And those people are gathering with us all the time and we're doing worship and we're, we're learning and praying together. If that's you, that's great. If you've gotten the part with your 12, but the way that we've kind of selected our 12 kind of shows that we're probably not there. Now I have a friend who's his, his 12 is this whole small group of, of um, other guys that he's been meeting with for, for many, many years. Now is, is that, kind of a local church setting, maybe it is for him. And so he's connected in that way. But I don't think that's most of us in our experience. So I would say we need to stay engaged at the local level with a, a, a group of believers that we're gathering with um, to do the things that, that we're being called to do, to learn what it means to follow Jesus and live under his rule and rescue. And that might take on different expressions. I hope it does take on different expressions but we need to stay connected at that local level. So staying plugged in is a big, a big part of it. Um, and then also I would say, you know, because there's a little bit of deficiency, it's so important. We, we talk about being spirit fueled. 
um, as a big piece of what Jesus did to stay dependent on the spirit. And so just to encourage again, keep seeking God through times of prayer and solitude. Uh, to me, the solitude piece, the silence piece, because we live in a world that's just so distracted, inundated with so many different messages, told that we have to be in a million different places and doing a million different things. To me, there's so much power in that silence and solitude piece. Uh, so I would seek God, continue to seek God and hearing from him uh, through those times of silence and solitude. So deficiencies. Yes, they're there. It's something we're going to have to address as we continue to grow as a community of uh, everyday ordinary missionaries that are trying to live in partnership with Jesus and striving to to prioritize 12 others. So uh, I'm sure there's many, many more um, that, that are out there that we can spend more time on if we need to when that time comes. Uh, second question, here's here's another one that came up. Uh, where where else do you see a narrowed relational focus uh, in the Bible? So as we talk about the mandate of Jesus to uh, all of us to be discipling, we also talk about there's this model that Jesus had, that he had this narrowed relational focus. He he focused in, he zoomed in from 500 to, to 72 to 12, and he even focused even more into to his three, but he had this narrowed relational focus. And if that's what just 12 is about, do we see it anywhere else uh, in the Bible, historically throughout the Bible? And I would say, yeah, absolutely, we we do. We see it uh, going all the way back to from the time of, of Cain and Abel. It seems like God has a, a specific uh, blessing for one more than the other. And, and actually, I would I would encourage you, one of the, the, the things that's really got me meditating and thinking deeply about this narrowed relational focus in other places in the Bible uh, is the podcast, um, the Bible Project podcast. Uh, and you could just even watch for their videos, but they have a firstborn series, a theme called the firstborn. And it just kind of talks about how, how God has, has narrowed his focus in on um, a specific family and, and many times generations of specific families and, and continue to narrow that focus down. And so, I mean, we could, we could go through it all. I, I won't go through it all, but I mean, you look at, uh, you, you look at Noah, Noah was somebody that, that God, said, hey, we're going we're gonna to kind of redo this whole thing called humanity through your family. And it's not just him. It's not just Noah. It's his family too. And then from there, it kind of goes a couple generations and we see Abraham pop up and Abraham is given this blessing from God that says, hey, you're, it's gonna, the blessing that's going to bless the world is going to come through your family line. And then it goes from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. And then Jacob has 12 sons. And even within his 12 sons, there's a promise that the line of Judah is going to be the line that the blessing comes through. But even in, if you kind of step back before you go through that line, Joseph has, a, a, there's a narrowed relational focus that happens through Joseph uh, that, that gives and saves and redeems and rescues uh, the family of God, J Jacob's family uh, through, through Egypt, uh, through, through a, a famine and drought. Uh, and that pathway kind of continues. And, and then you see, okay, through, through the line of Judah, you have um, Jesse, Jesse has David, David's going to be the one. And then people, you know, God's had this narrow relational focus that he's going to hone in on. And people want a big, they want the big, they say, well, we want a king, we want, we want to be like other nations. And so they get, they get a king. And even though it's a narrow relationship, relational focus on God's side, uh, David, uh, is seen as somebody who's going to usher in this incredible kingdom. And it seems to be going well, but within one generation, 
things fall apart, the kingdom gets divided. Uh, that's when the prophets kind of step in and start talking about how things need to be and how they need to be different and calling them to something different until Jesus comes on the scene. So I'm not going to give a whole big history lesson. I just think it's worth looking into all those stories to see how God has this narrowed relational focus, not just Jesus with his 12, but God has done it time and time and over and over again to say, it's going to be in this narrowed focus that God's bringing and doing the work that he's doing, the partnership that he's doing. Not to say that there's not other people God's using, not to say Jesus didn't have other encounters with people that were quote unquote outside that narrow relational focus. We, we see it all sorts of places that Jesus had. Um, he, he said he was called to the lost sheep of Israel when somebody said, hey, why don't you go preach here, here and here? And at the same time, he was healing. He, he's, he's doing spiritual healing with the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Now, there's a centurion who's who's not part of the the lost sheep of Israel, who who Jesus uh, does a miracle for. So there's there's people that are, that are outside that narrowed relational focus that still receive uh, relational spiritual blessings from God. It's not to say he doesn't work in those ways, but there is a specific narrowed relational focus that Jesus has, that God has. Uh, I, I will say this, like, I, I think one of the, 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 the go-to stories you could go to in the in the book of Judges is um, uh, is with the fleece and um, Gideon saying, "Hey, we we need to we need to fight this battle, and we don't have enough men." And Jesus, or excuse me, God says, um, "No, you have too many." And He narrows it down, narrows it down, narrows it down to three hundred. Um, that there's a narrowed relational focus, and uh, David's another one that he has. Uh, a handful of mighty men that he gathers around him. Now, is that is that God saying you needed to do that? No, but you see this, you see a, a specific narrowed focus going smaller to see bigger things happen. So uh, I'd love to explore that even more. Maybe it's worth going into some of those specific, t uh, specific things, but we definitely see, and I want to encourage all of you, if you were asking that question or, or are wrestling with that question to, to meditate on the scriptures that show that that's, that's the way God has been working, narrowing that relational focus to have a bigger impact. Uh, and that's what we do with just 12. We, we, we are called to narrow our relational focus because we can't do all these things for all people at all times. Uh, but we can be people who prioritize our 12s in, way, in ways that I think have a big, big impact, may not change the world, but it's going to change our world and it's going to change their world. So last question. Um, when it comes to are Judas. Here's a question I've, I've recently received. Somebody had a Judas and they said, Hey, my Judas is kind of checked out. Uh, they're just, they're just not, they're not available to me. Should I just give up on them? And, and I thought that was a really interesting question. Uh, one that I wrestled with for a little while. Uh, cause this person had really invested many, many years with this Judas uh, and just felt like, man, they're, they're just not, they're not there anymore. Should I just move on? Uh, and here's what I would say. I, I, I don't think we should hold our Judas to a higher level of relational expectations than anybody else in our 12. And it doesn't mean we necessarily hold them to a lower level. But the question I would have back is, what, what would we do with our iron sharpeners? What expectations would we have with them? What grace might we have with our iron sharpening friendships in our 12? Those people that we are sharing life with that we know, man, 
they got busy. Oh, they're in a season of life that just is a little chaotic. You know what? They, you know, they didn't, they didn't call back right away or they weren't available uh, on that specific day. No problem. Uh, you know, we have a lot of grace for people that are in our uh, iron sharpening, life-giving group of people in our 12. And so I think we need to have that same level of grace with uh, our Judas. And if we do, I think that the second question is, is it that they're not available? Is it that they're checked out? Are they unreceptive or are they just not available like you would like them to be? Because if somebody's just not available for whatever reason and they're not getting back to you, they kind of ghosted you, whatever you want to say, they, they just, they're not getting back. They're not sending replies. They're not calling, whatever it might be. That doesn't mean they're unreceptive to a relationship. Unreceptive might be, hey, I don't want to hang out with you. And I, like, I would wait to hear those words from somebody that's your Judas. Hey, I don't want, just leave me alone. Uh, I don't want to be a part of your life. Now, it'd be up to you to choose to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and move on. But to me, that might be an opportunity to love them in a different way. If they're not receptive to that socializing and serving piece, there's a lot of other ways that we can love the people in our 12, including our Judas. Uh, and so maybe we have to get creative. Maybe the, the serve and socialize piece of hanging out for coffee, hanging out for a meal, inviting over for a barbecue or whatever it might be, or showing up their house to, to do a project, asking them to come over, be a part of a project you have, going and serving together. Maybe those things don't work. Maybe it's about getting a little bit more creative. Maybe it's sending an encouragement card. Maybe it's once in a while sending a prayer that you're praying over them. Maybe they don't want to have anything to do with you in that regard either. And so you, you're just doing the powerful work of praying for that person uh, in your silence, in, in solitude time, in your prayer time, in your devotions time, uh, whatever it is that looks like for you. That's a powerful time for you to continue to love your Judas, even if that Judas isn't uh, available. And certainly if that Judas isn't receptive, uh, I would be slow to take a person off my list that's a Judas, even if they are not receptive. Now, again, might mean that you're just kind of stepping back and saying, wow, I, maybe, maybe I'm not as quick to answer, um, you know, a phone call if they've been, if they've been kind of ghosting me for a long time, you know, maybe it's like, well, or maybe it's not getting your hopes up when they say, oh yeah, let's hang out this week. And you go, yeah, I know it's probably not going to work. Um, not getting cynical though, not going down that path of, of withholding your affection or withholding, um, your, your energy, but also being mindful of the boundaries that may need to still be there. Um, so I'm not really answering that question hundred percent for you because, um, all of our situations are different. Um, but I would be, be slow to, to have any expectations on your Judas that you don't have for those other people. And I'd be quick to offer maybe even a little bit more grace because, um, really exploring what, what it is that God has called you to do with this person. How is it that he's called you to love this Judas? in your life. So, all right. Well, that was, that was like 23 minutes. It looks like. So, uh, right about where we want to be when it comes to our podcast. So if you have a question you want a response to, you want to hear us dialogue about, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, again, the email is just12.jake at gmail.com. Would love to hear your questions about anything that we've already talked about things that you are, are wondering. Um, and don't feel like you have to have listened to all the podcasts or read the book to ask a question. We'll address questions that maybe have gotten kind of hit on in the book, but you know, lots changed in the past couple of years. Scott and I've had a lot of conversations about things that have grown and things that have changed in ways that we 
uh, maybe would uh, reword or recommunicate or communicate differently some of the things that we're experiencing with just 12. So don't, don't hold back if you got questions. We'd love to hear from you. If you're somebody that wants to be uh, somebody that responds to some of the questions because you're a missional leader and you're trying to engage in this and, and you have uh, some insight on the struggles that you're having uh, implementing these things, we'd love to have you be a part of it. Um, and as we mentioned before, we want to have participation from everyday ordinary missionaries. So if you've got a Just 12 journey, uh, which if you're listening and you're participating, I'm guessing you have at least part of it, at least you've started it. We'd love to hear your journey. Um, reach out for that too. We'd love to interview on on the podcast and and hear your story and let other people hear that story as well. So thanks for tuning in. Hopefully some of those things got you thinking, some stuff to meditate on, some stuff to contemplate. And we'll talk to you sometime soon. Thank you so much.